All right, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Blessings on the Sabbath day. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 20. And we are in scroll 2, part 2 today. We're going through the 13 scrolls of Ezekiel. And today we get to jump into scroll 2, part 2. But let's turn there. Ezekiel chapter 20, it says in verse 1, And it came to pass in the seventh year, in the fifth month, the tenth day of the month, that certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of Yahuwah and sat before me. That's where we began on part one of scroll two. But before we delve in, we're going to look at scroll 13, going way forward, but we'll come back. In scroll 13, which actually is Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17, it says thus, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, Hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. Then if we jump back to scroll number 8, which comes to us from Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 6, it says this, But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood, his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Personally, before we go into part two of scroll two, I want to be clean and clear before Yahuwah. I truly do. So, I do have some things that I really feel are very important to share. And I believe I can tie it in with Ezekiel. I truly do. But hear the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Some hear the word. But what happens when they hear the word? Well, they get caught away with what's in their own heart. Last year at Sukkot, we talked about the division between the Ruach, the spirit, which we're to ascend to, the soul, the soulish realm, the natural man, and the flesh, the physical body. What is Yahushua talking about here in the parable? Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, that some would hear the word, but they're caught away. They're caught away by what? By what's in their own heart. By what draws them away in the soulish realm. The word, it falls upon a stony heart. Not having a strong enough root of faith in oneself. There isn't a strong enough root. So what happens to that word? Well, it only endures in some for a short time. 
before what happens? Yahusha says, they'll only endure for a short time before offenses come and they become offended. The world becomes far bigger than their faith and they're unable to bear a bounty of fruit for Yahuwah. And when that happens, you can no longer be a watchman because the cares of the world are what you're watching, not the prophetic vision of Scripture. The cares of the world take precedence and you lose your calling as a watchman. But will Yahweh stand still while people lose the vision of watching for the prophetic events to unfold? I certainly must still be a watchman. Surely you must still be a watchman too. And even though the cares of the world may try and come knocking on our door, we must stand against the world so that we can see the Bible be manifest in our lives today. We must remember what we've heard. We must remember what we've received because that is what keeps us strong when the world comes a-knocking. The word in us is greater than the world out there. So the more we read and meditate upon his word, the more defense of the encroaching world and its cares and its offenses we have. And we can bounce back faster. And if we become offended, what should we do? We should repent. These are the words of Yahushua. So that we can endure and keep the faith. Because if you and I don't keep watch and become swayed by the world, we become swayed by the offenses in the world and of the world, then the scripture's fulfillment will come as a thief in the night and we'll lose all perspective of what hour it really is. Because the cares of our job, the cares of our life, our family, will become more apparent than the reality of where we're living in prophetic scriptural time. Does that make sense? I never want to lose the vision of being a watchman. I'm called as some of you are called, to be watchmen. So we have to firstly watch that we don't get ensnared to lose the ability to be watchmen. Awake, awake, oh sleepyhead. Look at scroll chapter, scroll 2. It says in chapter 20 verse 1 that this happened in the seventh year from the first year of the captivity of King Jehoiachin, which was 599 before the common era. And as we approach now, I want to share Ezekiel, scroll two, from the vantage point of being a watchman. Even though the world would try and encroach upon my threshold, I push it back by the word and I must keep the vision of the ministry of being a watchman and delivering the message of Yahuwah. Because as we come to the 20th chapter, look in the 29th verse. Remember King Koresh, Cyrus, transliterated as Cyrus, but in the Hebrew, Koresh. Remember King Koresh? Spelt with a kaf, resh, sheen comes across in the King James Version as King Cyrus. 
Do you realize that Isaiah the prophet, he prophesied about a leader 200 years before that leader was ever there. King Koresh, Kaf Resh Sin, King Cyrus. Daniel the prophet, 200 years later, goes back to the writings of Isaiah and sees the very prophecy before him. So, as a precedent, has the father in times past put the name of a leader in scripture hidden for a time when it would be apparent to those that it must be revealed. Has he done that before? He certainly has through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 44 and Isaiah chapter 45, you see the letters Kaf, Resh, Sheen, Koresh, King Cyrus prophesied 200 years before the man ever came from his mother's womb. His name is found in scripture. And what did that man, that king do? He heralded in redemption from exile and destruction. What did he do? He heralded in redemption after exile and destruction. Israel had been exiled by the Assyrians. The Jews had been exiled to Babylon by, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, by Nebuchadnezzar. They were exiled. They were destroyed. But then the prophecy of the leader comes forth and it brings about their redemption. The building of the temple, right? Zerubbabel's temple. And it's all right there in Isaiah 44 and Isaiah 45, 200 years before Cyrus ever walked. Now, conversely, conversely here, scan down to verse 29. What do we find? Conversely here, this may be difficult for some of you, but I believe that the Father has revealed all to his saints, his servants. Conversely here in verse 29, so too we find a leader's name to herald in destruction. A return back into the land from exile and finally messianic redemption. So it's different. It's different. Destruction a return from exile, and finally messianic redemption. So how does this relate to us? We're going to see, I believe, a destruction in our way of life which will cause a return from the nations back into biblical Israel and then the ingathering of messianic redemption. It's different than King Cyrus it's converse. But again, there's the linkage. I hope you're aware this week of what's happening in Quebec, Canada, in Turin, in Italy. Because this is what I'm talking about. We just had the G7 summit in Quebec, Canada, and we had Bilderberg in Turin, Italy. And what is all this about? 
What is all this about? Do you understand that the President of the United States is in Quebec, Canada, but at the same time, the globalists are in Turin, Italy, for the Bilderberg meeting. What we have right now is this amazing event that is so, so profound and the cares of the world have snuck in amongst the saints that they don't even realize. With all of the drama in life that can happen, we must continue, as the prophet says, to be watchmen. In spite of what's going on, if you become faint with the footman, then how? How will you fare when the horsemen come? If you become faint with the footman, how will you fare when the horsemen come? The old order is ending. The old order is ending. Post-World War II, New World Order is ending. When the Allies won in Europe, the New World Order was birthed out of the destruction of the Third Reich. We live in a post-World War II society where the New World Order, the globalists, have expanded since 1945 through the banking system, through Hollywood, and all of the wicked. And here's a side note. I mean, we all know the, 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 the witchcraft that comes out of Hollywood, right? Can you tell me what kind of wood that a witch would use to cast spells? Hollywood. I mean, they, it's in plain sight. The occult and the Luciferic realm is in plain sight. They even name the industry of movies after the spells that they would cast upon an unbelieving, docile society. But the old New World Order, it's ending. And what do we have in its place right now with the G7 summit? And the Bilderberg, the Bilderbergs in Turin, Italy. There is a new, new world order being birthed. There is a new, new world order being birthed. And the question is, why? Why? Because we live in a post-Obama America. The New World Order, who was it? What leader did the New World Order support more than any other leader since we have come out of the Second World War? Barack Obama. He was literally their love. But now we have got in a new president. And the New World Order is not happy. In fact, they are very unhappy. They would rather it be called the G6 Summit than the G7 Summit. And now they want to what? Are doing everything in their power to try and get Trump's America out. 
which means there must be a new new world order this is what is happening this week and I need to be the watchman to be able to give you the vision because even the French president stated as far as the US is concerned that the combined market of the G7 is greater than the US meaning they don't need the United States anymore and they don't want Trump's America more specifically Trump leaders are making alliances trying to push Trump out that's very apparent with the new world order now we've got the new new world order because they realize that they don't want Trump's America and they are now making new allegiances it's a new new world order it's the first time this has ever happened the US could be ostracized the removal of Trump the new world order sees Trump as the problem and is threatened itself by what the new new world order do you understand what I'm saying some of you are like what is he going on about but think about it World War three in the classic clash of nations World War three and the clash of na nations what we're witnessing now is the breakup of existing orders and alliances like never before since before World War two who got the support like I said an admiration of the world's leaders more than any other leader in modern history Obama Obama and is it possible I'm just asking is it possible that we could learn a thing or two about him from the prophet Ezekiel I believe so because in Jeremiah 25 verse 31 Yahweh has a what's called a controversy with Zion a controversy excuse me with the nations which will bring about a controversy in Zion he gives the nations to the sword from nation to nation Jeremiah 25 verse 31 and I believe that we're actually living now presently in the time of Yahweh's controversy with the nations and it's reflected by what's going on at the G7 summit and Bilderberg if you've got eyes to see and ears to hear right now look at verse 29 we're gonna break this down in the Hebrew we're gonna break it down in the Greek I'm gonna give you some insight and you guys decide weigh it in the scripture but you cannot let the cares of the world make you asleep and not alert to the present reality of the world that we're living in because the father needs his people wants his people to be watchmen when those that have been in the faith for a while become dull-hearted or overcome there will be those that will continue to blow the shofar verse 29 then I said to them what is the high place where you are going and so the name of it is called Bama shrine of idols up to this day therefore say to the house of Israel this says the master Yahuwah 
Are you defiling yourselves after the manner of your fathers? Are you whoring after their abominations? For when you offer your gifts, when you make your sons to pass through the fire, you defile yourselves with all of your idols, even to this day. And shall I be sought by you, O house of Israel, says Yahuwah? Look at that word there, Bama. It's spelled in the Hebrew, Bet Mem Chay. In the Hebrew, Strong's number, I use some strongness, Strong's numbers, it's Strong's number 116. What does it mean? It means high place of Baal. High place of Baal. What was the high place of Baal? It was, listen, it was an artificial and elevated position, a high place of office. So the Hebrew word Bama is associated with a proud, elevated position of high office. I'm not reading anything into the text. This is what the text clearly says in the language. You make your own discoveries. Now, how do you attain this position? One attains this position through artificial and untruthful means. Are we talking... What are we talking about here? Are we talking birth certificates? Are we talking... What are we talking about here, right? Through artificial and untruthful means. Once attained, this position elevates a heightened state of defilement, listen, a heightened state of defilement of conscience amongst the nation. Would you say that our nation's consciousness has become more defiled in the past eight years under the Obama administration previously than it had before in previous generations? For sure and for certain, we've got all of this transgenderism and all of this Obamination since then, right? The nation's conscience has been defiled. And the great hope was that Barack Obama would be a servant to the African-American constituency. But we find that African-Americans in the United States are worse off now, or were worse off, until Trump came in and brought the unemployment down. So, they, many have realized that, no, he was not the savior of the African-American community. In fact, he betrayed the African-American community in many, many ways, especially when we're talking about protecting the unborn and protecting those in the African-American community. So as we go through this, we can see that, yes, a heightened state of defilement of conscience upon the nation has in fact happened. And the subsequent generations begin to draw back to the state of their fathers. That's what's happened. Now let's look at the next word, barak. Barak comes to us in the Hebrew Strong's number 1288. You can look it up in your own time. It's spelled Beit Resh Kaf Sofit. Beit Resh Kaf Sofit. And it means to bow the knee or to buckle at the knees. To bow the knee or to buckle at the knee. Now, if we go to another Hebrew word, 
Strong's number in the Hebrew 1118, we find the Hebrew word bemal. Bemal. It means son of. Now, what's interesting about this Hebrew word bemal, you can find it, Strong's number 1118. Bemal, it ends with an additional lamed only. So it's got the lamed on the end of it. Otherwise, it's spelled exactly the same as Bama, Bet Mem Che. Otherwise, it's spelled exactly the same. What does all this mean? Linguistically, the last generation, even to this day, listen, will live. This is what the Bible's clearly teaching. The last generation prophesied by Ezekiel will live within a ruling system of leadership that bows the knee to the son or offspring of Baal. That's not my opinion. That is a breakdown in the Hebrew language of what we're seeing. The last generation, even to this day, will live within a ruling system of leadership that bows the knee to the son or offspring of Baal. A system of rulership that has turned its back on the creator God. A system of rulership that has turned its back to Yahweh. It's turned to the gods of their fathers. Communism, Marxism, and the slaying of the creator God. That's what's happened. Where Yahweh's people, Israel, offer sacrifices, sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, confessing his name, Hebrews 13, verse 15, right before Yahweh does something with us. And what's Yahweh going to do with his people? Because we've become affected by this leadership, even in our daily lives, Yahweh is going to cast us, and I know some of you may think of the prosperity gospel, but no, Yahweh is going to cast us into the wilderness. He is going to cast us into the wilderness of Revelation 12 for a purpose, because he wants to purify us of sin. And how do you get purified? Through good, easy times, when everything is good, through tribulation. He wants to purify us of sin. So he's going to cast us into the wilderness so that we will be pleasing to him. It's this very system of leadership that we find that will institute such abominations before the Most High that he will be forced to act. And in so doing... He'll raise up, and this is what's happening now, he will raise up a heathen nation to be his instrument of judgment. Has he done it before? He just did it with Nebuchadnezzar. We're just reading about it. He will raise up a heathen nation to be his instrument of judgment and exile against a backslidden believing community because they have become affected by the world. And nobody's paying attention. Jeremiah 16, verse 16. Behold, I will send many fishers, saith Yahuwah. Many fishers. And they shall fish them out. What's the gospel? 
That's the fishers being sent out into the nations, right? But if you don't pay attention to the fishers and you become lukewarm, then what's he going to do? I will send for many hunters. Who was the first hunter? Nimrod, Esau, Islam. I will send for many hunters and they shall hunt them out of every mountain, from every hill, and out of the holes and out of the rocks. You see, the fishers went forth, but the fruit of the fishers is that we've ended up in the 21st, specifically the 20th and 21st century, when the fishers went out. What have we ended up with? A corrupted gospel, haven't we? We have ended up with a corrupted gospel. That was the fruit of our stewardship of the gospel. It has become so corrupted. First came the gospel, the fishers, which has been corrupted and abused from the greasy grace doctrine of lawlessness till the infiltration of the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine, which was never written or never heard of before John Darby invented the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine in 1830 and the subsequent use of that infamous Bible that many of you hopefully do not have on your bookshelves any longer, the Schofield Reference Bible, right? That propagated a made-up doctrine that John Darby invented in 1830 and then the use of the Schofield Reference Bible by mainly evangelicals that propagated Darby's rapture theory, and it was a theory, in Schofield's footnotes. Terrible! Prior to 1830... I mean, you need to share this with your pastor. Prior to 1830, no church taught the pre-tribulation rapture in their creed. Never. Was never heard of for 1,800 years. Not in their statements of faith, not in their catechism, none of that. All those who teach the rapture also believe in one thing in common, premillennialism and Zionism. Fake Zionism. The use of Israel's modern statehood status from 1948 as a beginning to the countdown to the end, which is why all of these second comings fail. So they can't be watchmen. They've disqualified themselves. They can no longer be watchmen. Do you believe any of the stuff they say when the second coming? No, I don't. All those failed prophecies because they believe that the timeline started the countdown in 1948. Even the Dallas Theological Seminary and the Bob Jones University have been the centers of propagating this false doctrine of the rapture. Along with Hal Lindsey in his most famous book in the 80s, The Late Great Planet Earth. Right? Wrong. And the final nail in the coffin... I picked it up and read 40 pages of it back in 1996 and then thought, what a bunch of twaddle. And I thought, I threw it away and I picked up the book of Revelation instead. Of course, I'm talking about Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series that's made him very, very wealthy. So now we find that the New World Order is using hunters to bring about what? Social economic collapse of the nations. There is the timeline that we're in, brethren. And I know, oh, Matthew, you're being dramatic. No, 
I'm a watchman and I read the word and I live by the word and it infiltrates every part of my being. And yes, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And when the world comes knocking on my doorstep, yes, it affects me for a small time. And then I push it back and continue to see the vision because time is short and the people need to hear and not be swayed by the cares of the world. So now, due to this falling away, from the greasy grace to lawlessness to the rapture doctrine, we find the hunters through migration are going out across Europe. We find the hunters. Now, Yahuwah is sending forth hunters, the descendants of Nimrod and Esau, Islam, to bring forth the sword of judgment against Yah-rejecting society, ruled by false teachers. False teachers who've bedded down with the Marxists, and the communists, and you see these Antifa um, demonstrations, and they've got the, the sickle. They are Marxist communists, and America has fallen to it. Fallen to this. Treasonous pirates. They've all done one thing. They've bowed the knee to the son of Baal, a leadership that's inception was false, that elevated it to a high position, and that then came, became the downfall of the nation. Just as it had the Roman Empire. Now, I mean, even when Obama was inaugurated, who bowed the knee to him there? Lawlessness. Rick Warren. Rick Warren bowed the knee at Obama's inauguration. Even his name, Warren. What's Warren? That's a place where rabbits go. A cave where unclean animals reside. Unclean spirits. Pretty clear from Leviticus 11 what his name means. Hares and bunnies associated with the occult. Easter and Christmas and all of that stuff. The heads of Europe also now at the G7 summit. What are they doing? They're bowing the knee. Liberal America, what has liberal America done? Bowed the knee. Our governors, our state representatives, bowed the knee to the son of Baal. What has Hollywood done, the media done? For the most part, bowed the knee. What did the banks do? Oh, they bowed the knee at the bailout, didn't they? They've bowed the knee at the bailout. This is the common theme. We live, listen, in a post Barack Obama society. We really do. And you think, just because he's not president now, that, oh, we've moved on. No. Look at the G7 summit in Bilderberg. They'd rather it be G6 because they do not want Trump's America. So much so that they did illegal acts with the FBI to try and prevent him from being America's president. So yes, we do live in a post-Barack Obama society which has bowed the knee to Baal. The sword of judgment is only migrating faster and faster across Europe westward and now coming across our borders in this politically unstemmed flow. Look, turn to Luke chapter 10 verse 18 because this, this is crazy. You think I'm making this stuff up, don't you? Luke chapter 10, verse 18. I beheld Satan as lightning 
fall from heaven. The Hebrew Strong's number there is Strong's number 1299. In the Greek, 1300. Barak. 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 Isaiah tells us in the 14th chapter and the 14th verse about Lucifer, Satan, he says this, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The Strong's number heights, for heights is Strong's number 1116. Bamal, Bamal. Bama, Bama. For heights is the Hebrew word Bama. So now by joining the two words from Luke chapter 10 verse 18, Barak and Isaiah chapter 14 verse 14, which are contextually talking about the same thing, what do we have? Barak, Bama. But there's more. Because by joining these two words, lightning and heights, together with the Hebrew, you would have to put a wa in between, or what's called the vav, which can be transliterated as o. Barak, wav, o, bama. It's crazy stuff, and this is just in the language. Be that as it may, some of you will go, I don't agree. But it is there linguistically, I'm not stretching this. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, be that as it may. Some will be like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. But it ain't over till the fat lady sings, right? And who is the fat lady? It's Angela Merkel, right, at the G7 summit. She is the fat lady. Guys, come on. (laughs) Why? What do they want to do? They want to make it the G6. They want to cut off Trump's America which would be the new, new world order. This is all happening as people are crying in their soup because the cares of the world have just infiltrated life. I beheld Satan as Barack Obama fall from heaven. He fell from the first heaven, scientific experimentations of men. Not the third heaven where Yahweh dwells. Oh, heaven forbid. Luke 10 verse 18 translated correctly using both Isaiah and Luke. I beheld Satan as Barack Obama fall from heaven. Barack Obama still holds sway as an adversary, as a Satan. Not the guy with the pitchfork and the the devil tail. No, it means an adversary. So people would be like, are you saying that that Barack Obama is the devil? Barack Obama is an adversary, a Satan. He's an adversary against the restoration of biblical Israel and the glorification of Yahweh. He's an adversary against that. He and his former administration have committed 
and continue to commit from the shadows treasonous crimes against the sitting president and have initiated an internal coup with the federal, within the federal government and the FBI. And they've had huge sway at this week's G7 summit in Quebec. Huge sway. We cannot fall asleep on this watch. The G7 conspirators are using all their high place, Obama, high place positions, high offices within all realms to bring down the sitting president of the United States right before our eyes. Don't you see it? This hasn't happened since Kennedy. This hasn't happened since Kennedy, because it was Kennedy's speech about the New World Order that brought about the beginning of his end. We now have a president that is standing up for the people. Nationalism against globalism. He even wanted Russia to come back and make it the G8. But they now realize that they can't partner with him, that they're going to have to form a new, a new world order. So therefore, the new world order, track with me, is threatened by the new, new world order, which doesn't need Trump's America. So what do you think the new world order, the Bilderbergs, would want to do with Trump? Get rid of him, because if not, the new new world order will make them irrelevant. And that's what's happening right now in Europe and Quebec, Canada. But the cares of the world come in and you can no longer watch, no longer see, because you become polluted in your thought life. I've seen it before and before. Yes, that doesn't mean the world doesn't come knocking on my door. But this is how we must live. This is how we must view things. I have little patience for the soulish realm because there is much work to do. And as we can see, few laborers ready. Because they go scurrying back to where they once come from. But Yahuwah says, as I live, says the master Yahuwah, I will not be sought by you. And that which comes into your mind shall not be at all when you say, we will be as the nations, as the judgment of the countries to serve wood and stone. So we need to make sure that we realize that we are in this final phase of destruction against this nation. Because this nation has been, just like in the time of Ezekiel, making alliances with the world, just as the wicked sons of Josiah did within our very text. Yahweh couldn't give us a blueprint for our days and lives better than the scrolls of Ezekiel I am finding. And yes, I've been immersed in them day and night, which enables me to be like a little greasy duck and things just can roll off of my back. And I'm thankful, but that's what we should be like, all of us. Doesn't mean I don't become affected for a while, but eventually, because the word permeates our very being, everything else should just roll off us like water. 
we forgive, we love, and we move on because we do not have time to look back. Because if we look back, then who will do the work? As it is, we have to find others to come alongside. People in the hedgerows, people in the hedgerows. Look at verse 33 of chapter 20. As I live, says the Master Yahuwah. You see, this all began with the secularizing of believing, believing society. It fulfills this prophecy through the very vehicle of syncretism. As I live, says the Master Yahuwah, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with anger poured out, I will rule over you and I will bring you out from the people and will gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with mighty anger poured out and I will bring you into the wilderness of the people and there I will plead with you, Panaim el Panaim, face to face, like I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Mitzrayim, Egypt. So I will plead with you, says the Master Yahuwah, and I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. We have been brought into the bond of the covenant, haven't we? We understand this Malkit-Zedek covenant. We've been brought into the bond of the covenant, but he tells us, then not everybody will be able to endure like the parable that we just read. Because Yahweh, part of that is, yes, he'll bring you in, but he'll test you and purge the midst of us and purge those out. But don't be discouraged because purging is all part of the process. Because at the end, he's only going to have a remnant. Only a remnant will endure. I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them out of the countries where they are pilgrims and they shall not enter into the land of Israel and you shall know, you shall know that I am Yahuwah. And as for you, O house of Israel, this says the master Yahuwah, if you will not listen to me, then go, serve your idols in the future also. But not, do not defile my holy name any more with your gifts and with your idols. For on my Kadosh, holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, says the Master Yahweh, there, where? There, all Israel, all of them in the land shall serve me. There will I accept them, and there will I require your offerings. There I will require the first fruits of your offerings with all of your Kadosh holy gifts. I will accept you with a sweet fragrance when I bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries in which you have been scattered. And I will be holy to you before the nations. And you shall know that I am Yahuwah when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I lifted up my hand to give to your fathers. And there shall you remember your ways and all your doings in which you have been defiled. You see, Yahuwah will only restore Israel to Zion on his own terms. On his own terms. Not Zionism. Theodore Herzl wanted Israel restored on his terms. But Yahweh says no. Israel will be restored on Yahweh's terms. That's biblical Israel 
or Maximus, Maximus Israel. Not secularism, not secular Zionism, but in Malkitzedek's rightful administration of the law, the priesthood, and the covenant. The bond of the covenant is what this ministry teaches. But as we go forward, we know that there's a purging in our ranks. Always of those, yes. But it says this, And you shall despise yourselves in your own sight for all your evils that you have committed. It's time for an inward accounting. Look at verse 44. And you shall know that I am Yahweh, when I have worked with you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings, O house of Israel. But, says the master Yahweh, moreover, the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards the south, and drop your word towards the south, and prophesy against the forest of the south field, and say to the forest of the south, hear the word of Yahweh. This, says the master Yahweh, see, I will kindle a fire in the midst of you, and it shall devour every green tree, and every dry tree. What does that mean? Trees are people. Yahweh will deliberately kindle fires to devour those that aren't rooted and planted strong in their faith or those that have become dry and brittle. It's his purpose. It's his plan. The flaming fire shall not be quenched and all the faces from the south to the north shall be burned in it and all flesh, that's all flesh, shall see that I, Yahweh, have lit it, and it shall not be quenched. Sometimes a fire is lit, and you've just got to let it burn, and let Yahweh do his work, and then you see what remains, and you continue to build. Gather and do the work of the Father. That is the fire that we see right here within our society, right here within our midst. Israel, the fire will be kindled for judgment before the return of Joseph. The flame from the nations, that's what we are. We're the flame from the nations that is going to return back to biblical Israel. Look at verse 49. We'll finish up with this. Then said I, O Master Yahweh, they say of me, Does he not speak in parables? And some of you today after this teaching will be scratching your head, going back and looking at those Strong's numbers, and you will find out to see what I'm saying is right there in the very midst of the text. Break it down and you will see that we are in a battle in the nations. What's happening in Turin, Italy and Quebec, Canada is very real. That we have to have the eyes to see. So wake up. Awake. Be a watchman. And those of you that have been offended and lost your way in the brambles, look to the parables to find out what became of your once great passion, your once great zeal. There's always an opportunity to repent. And then comes restoration. But don't lose heart. 
Because the Father has a plan to open up the eyes of those that were blinded, to open up the ears of those that couldn't hear, because he did it for me and he's done it for you. And now he's doing it to a whole generation through the covenant that comes through the mighty high priest, Yahusha. So as I look and endure, you must look and endure because we need to be watchmen. The things that are unraveling in the world are written about in the very scriptures before us. But don't let the brambles of the world and the brambles of offenses blind you from the ever-present reality of our faith and what he's doing in the hearts of his people globally. It's amazing. And we're a part of that. So continue to share the faith. Continue to pray for your loved ones. Continue to raise up your, your seed in these ways of Yahuwah because we are a mighty remnant generation. And when I look to my children, when you look to your children and grandchildren, have hope. Restoration is here. And don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because we live in amazing times. Any comments, questions, whatsoever none at all well let's cr close in yes no okay yes you have a question no, I have a, comment. a comment okay i'll repeat it just for the audience you have presented some truth tonight that is beyond politics but it has included politics so the statement was that I presented some truth tonight that was beyond politics, but has included politics. Thank you. And um, I have felt, I believe by the Spirit, that what is happening, as you call a new world order, is happening because God, or Yahweh, has determined that he is stepping in to our situation and he's using an imperfect person or persons and that doesn't mean that we should get focused on the imperfections of the person but get in our focus on the God or Yahweh who is in the process of doing exactly what you see what you said tonight and I believe that with all my heart until he changes, what you have said is going to change. There will be a change. There will be an opportunity for us to harvest because of the new order that is starting. And he's using someone or some ones who don't care what the whole world says. They're doing what God is saying they're to do. And therefore, I am not afraid of some imperfection in a personality as much as I'm concerned about what God is doing. And you have given... Hallelujah. Yes. That's the thing. We must be encouraged because Yahweh's sovereign hand is upon the nations. But when we can have clarity and vision as watchmen, then we can understand it, break it down, and we don't have fear because we have clarity and we're able to see that our redemption draws nigh. And that's what I see as I go through the scrolls. Just as Koresh was written about hundreds of years before he came, 
Yahweh has the capability of speaking to us in our generation about the leadership that we face in our society. Truly, truly. So praise Yah. We thank you, Father, and bless the people. Bless you out there and bless us here, Father. We thank you in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen.